Nowruz Mubarak, friends. Happy Persian New Year. It's Maya back with a new episode of the Gaijin Podcast just in time to celebrate Persian New Year and could not be happier to kick off the 13 days of celebrations with Omed Razavi, a gay Iranian-Canadian author and illustrator of the Let Me Out book. Uh, you guys, this book is so wonderful. It's a pop-up book for LGBTQ plus youth, as well as their parents and educators, that provides solidarity and resources for coming to terms with your identity, as well as coming out. It's this really, really wonderful and beautifully illustrated and put together book um, that kind of provides uh, a road map uh, to coming out, but not like a steadfast roadmap, more of one that's like, hey, Coming out is a unique process for all of us and can look like so many different things. And, and we're here to provide support and validation along that ride and let you know that exploring your identity and coming to terms with your identity uh, is, is a process. Uh, but at the end, it's something that is, you know, once we, we find out who we are, it's something to celebrate. And even if coming out is just to yourself, that is... Something that is so, so important in and of itself. Uh, Omid is such a delight and inspiration. And between this conversation on this episode of the podcast, as well as the gorgeous illustration he created for us at the Cajun Project to celebrate Nauras, we couldn't think of a better way to kick off the new year, embracing fully both Persian and queer identities. So, without further ado... This is the Gaijin Podcast's Celebration of Nowruz with Omed Razavi of Let Me Out Book. for doing this today on a Sunday uh, at 2 p 4 5 p.m where you are right <laughs> yeah yeah thank you wait, wait, two three what is the time change um yeah thank no, you you're so perfect 5 p.m 5 p.m I can do math tell all of my math teachers who hated me that I can do basic <laughs> addition <laughs> um uh well before we get started um could you introduce yourself to all of us and tell us how amazing you are? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to try and live up to that. Thank you, Maya. <laughs> um, so my name is Omid Razavi. I am uh, based in Canada, born and raised in Canada, but I come from uh, Iranian uh, parents. Um, so I, I guess had a very interesting multicultural upbringing of uh, trying to um, integrate my Persian uh, culture and Canadian culture and Canadian culture is just so mixed with with a, a variety of spices so it, uh, it was uh, a childhood of trying to um, 
really distinguish who I am and figure out who I am and then adding to the mix that, oh, by the way, I am also a gay, um, a queer man and trying to cope with that. And, and so I am, uh, as of today, a, a very um, happy and hopefully vocal LGBTQ advocate um, based in Toronto and uh, been very fortunate to use my own experience and my own struggles to um, just hopefully help others uh, in the coming out process. And I've been able to work closely with It Gets Better Canada and I serve on their board. I serve on the, the board of PFLAG Canada. Uh, PFLAG is uh, very prominent in the US, started in the US as well. Uh, so shout out to them. And uh, I, I think what's really uh, taken over my past year is the creation of a children's pop-up book uh, because I do love storytelling. I love animation. I mean, I grew up so uh, in love with with all the Disney films and children's storybooks with morals at the end that really impacted me. I was and pop-up books. So I thought what better way to uh, sort of share my story, my struggles, but also the, the happy place that I'm at today than uh, create a children's pop-up about coming out and that's called Let Me Out. That is a little bit about uh, who I am and yeah, Always. what I'm doing. Um, one of my favorite things is that we're actually recording this podcast kind of like in celebration of uh, Persian New Year, right? Which is on Thursday. Yeah, so it's on the first day of spring, first day of spring. Yeah. Um, which is super exciting because I feel like um, I was actually talking to a friend about this. I feel like a lot of, you know, like we are in the Western world, we're getting more and more exposed to the different New Year celebrations of various cultures. Um, but, you know, oftentimes there are New Year celebrations that get lost in the mix, like uh, Persian yes. New Year's. And so I'm super excited to, because I know a little bit of it, um, you know, about it because of my mom's friends. She had like a couple really good Iranian friends. Um, and then uh, a lot of her friends in Hyderabad are Zoroastrian. Um, so just kind of yes. like, oh wow, we're like very, very um, adjacent to, uh, you know, like Persian culture. Uh, and so it, it's always been something that's like, is so fun and something that I have been wanting to learn more about and just wanted to see kind of like, you know, have more exposure because it, just like any other New Year, New Year celebration, it's like a ton of fun. And also there's a lot of good food, which is my primary interest in most events, food. Oh my God, <laughs> yes. There's, there's good food, you get money, you, there's so much dancing and there's sweets, um, lots of culture, lots of gatherings. It's our Christmas. It really is like the Iranian Christmas was uh i mean it's it's all about rebirth and it comes during spring which for me living in canada living in in toronto where we've especially this year experienced such a, a, a tremendous winter uh, a lot of cold a lot of ice uh when you start seeing the sun coming out a little bit more when you start seeing the heat uh rise above zero it's a big deal for us but there's there's this um there's this joy that that rises among us and among commuters and just people in this city and then to um be able to attach that to your culture and, and recognize that as the new year um it's a it's a really cool thing and a yeah. huge huge part of my childhood um yeah, yeah. 
That's awesome. Especially, yes, sir, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I, I was going to say, like, I feel like for me, that was the volley for us, um, like with yes. all the community, oh, wow. um, which is like at the opposite end of the year from us. And I've always like associated the volley with like the vanquishing of evil, because part of that story is like, I might be butchering this, um, but uh, from I remember part of uh, Diwali is like a vanquishing of like evil or Ravana in the Ramayana. And so I always loved that, that it was just kind of like this, this new, again, like a new beginning, like this very like hopeful aspect of it. But it's so, you know, like it's so much fun to have that be such a huge part of your childhood. Like growing up, like having, you know, uh, being involved with all of those really big cultural celebrations that are so vibrant and like, honestly, I'm gonna say a little bit queer because of how like huge and like oh my god, flamboyant and over the top. Oh, they are. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I feel like that gave me, you know, like through growing up when I was struggling with like my identity, you know, being in the Western world and not being of a Western culture. Um, and then also struggling with my queerness, being able to look back at those memories and, you know, derive such a sense of pride out of those, um, you know, celebrations has been such like a cool um, thing to hold on to, like a guiding, a North Star, if you will, to like remembering why I'm so proud of my heritage or, or trying to tap back into that pride. So, I, I mean. Oh, most definitely. Right? Like, it, it, it's so, it's so cool to have that when I don't know if it was the same for you growing up in Canada, but feeling just kind of like a little bit lost amongst, you know, the rest <laughs> of the people. Oh, yeah, I can definitely speak uh, uh, on that. I mean, I don't know if you celebrated Christmas uh, as a child. It was like in that way where we were trying to assimilate. And so yes, we were yes. doing like a lot to do Christmas. So, I mean, my parents... Uh, sort of introduced it and allowed us to take part again so we can assimilate and we could we could understand like what was going on because it was a, it was always a fun time at school cupcakes and movies and treats and and then when you got back you would talk about the gifts that you got but i remember one year i think i was probably seven my mom was like okay you guys have experienced it but you need to understand that this is not part of your culture this is not who we are no christmas trees going up this year no gifts this isn't this is just not what we celebrate and oh my god there was just so many tears we were the three of us were the three kids were devastated begging and begging and begging but that just made like our own cultural uh celebrations that much more impactful especially like so march 21st when there's there really are no celebrations i mean kids don't really celebrate saint patty's day um so <laughs> happy saint patrick's day yes <laughs> yes exactly yeah same to you um so when you're able to go and, and speak to, to kids in, in school, and you, I mean, for, for Persian years, it's all about wear, like celebrating the new, wearing new clothes, being able to uh, just embrace the fact that, you know, you're sort of letting go of some of the older stuff and, and uh, wearing and, and just embodying newer stuff. So being able to tell your, your school friends that, oh, yeah, I'm celebrating New Year's, and they're just, first of all, you have to let them know that your, your culture and your, your, your heritage celebrates a different and recognizes the different calendar and then for them to be like well what do you do and I'm like well I get money every family member that comes to my house or we go to their house they give us money so it's basically like Christmas but it's better because we get money and we don't yeah. uh, we can do whatever we want with that 
um, <laughs> they don't get to choose what the gifts are. <laughs> and um, yeah, just to be able to like have that special time in that in that year, it sort of made feel like it was our own. Uh, it, was, it was it was a huge part of um, of my upbringing, and and, it, and because of that, it definitely allowed me to have so much pride attached to that. That's yeah, that that's amazing. I love that. Like, yeah, we got money, so I can do whatever the fuck I want with it. It's <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> and I think it's stuck. I mean, as you get older, you're like, yeah, I just just give me money, please. That's yeah, it. please, yeah. just everybody give me money. All I want is money. Um, how yeah. like growing up, like uh, I mean, you just talked a little bit about that, but did you? I don't. Uh, Excuse me if I'm wrong, but I, I always assume Toronto to be a very like multicultural city, um, and like and it's you know it's like such an international hub also. Um, where I grew up, it was very rural and as far from an international hub as you could get. Um, and so my experiences, like you know, growing up and being in this Western, uh, you know, being a brown girl in like Western society was definitely a lot like very very striking and very very shocking I guess um I was wondering what your experience you know growing up uh in Canada was like or in Toronto was like yeah I mean if if I like speaking of Toronto today I let me just say that it is one of the most cultural diverse cities that I have ever seen and I've have been very fortunate to travel around the world and I do live in a in a, in, in a bubble that is just able to embrace and recognize all I grew up four hours, like a four hour drive away from um, Toronto, which was Ottawa, the capital of Canada. Very oh, cool. heavy, uh, politically driven city, uh, incredibly bilingual. We're just on the um, border of Quebec and Ontario. So it's 50-50 mix of like French and, and English speaking. Um, and it was, it was very culturally diverse, but I don't think it was as open-minded as Toronto is. Uh, we we definitely had a again I think it's because of the French population a very heavy uh, Lebanese community there very heavy Lebanese very um, uh, I think that the Chinese population was quite uh, large there as well Persians were not as um, I, I guess they weren't just like uh, as present there as as Toronto I think Toronto seemed to be the hub. And uh, I mean, growing up though, I, I, I always felt like uh, I was probably one of the two or three non-Caucasian um, or, uh, I mean, I hate to say this, but at the time you felt like you were the non-Canadian um, yeah. because you were your second generation uh, or first generation, pardon me. And um, uh, I mean, I would always be sort of like the mix. You would have myself, the Persian, and then you would have um, most most likely like a Pakistani uh, student and then a Chinese student. That generally was the 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 setup for for I guess my earlier um, my earlier uh, years. I but thankfully I also lived in a city where because it was so politically driven um, and it's it's the capital of the country. I mean we had a lot of um, ambassadors there as well. Oh, so we cool. had a lot of um, a lot of children uh, from different countries. Um, so it, I mean, that was, that was a definite bonus in the park and, and a really cool, cool thing to be able to experience and just pick at different, different, uh, cultures, um, and, and learn about them. Yeah. Did you like kind of find yourself, um, 
glomming on is definitely not the right word, but um, kind of, you know, finding more solidarity with the other, you know, like the Lebanese kids or the Chinese kids, um, you know, in your, your circle? Or was it just still kind of a, you know, oh, we are the other, but we're also not the same other type of feel? Yeah, I think, um, I think because, I mean, I mean, one of my earliest friends my, my, is he, he's Chinese and we've known each other for like 25 years, probably met him when I was um, seven or eight. So he's definitely like just having him um, teach me about his culture and he would take me to dim sum on, on, on the weekends and learning oh, about yeah. everything that he does in his celebrations. It was, it was amazing. But um, I think what you try to do as a child is you try to fit in with what you see, what you see is uh, the norm. So I, I think I'm, 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 I'm pretty confident in the fact that I probably made a conscious choice to um, uh, assimilate myself with uh, more of the Caucasian, more of the Canadian, uh, and I'm saying that with quotation marks uh, because I do 100% uh, consider myself a Canadian. Uh, but uh, I think I, I think I made that that effort. Um, I think it was conscious that you wanted to sort of uh, fit in because kids kids were could be mean and some of the things that are different and, and I'm sure I'm sure you experienced this some of the things that are different um, I mean it was quite um, allowed for to question like oh you have an interesting name or your eyes are a little bit bigger um, some things like that just uh, you know you wanted to avoid it so you wanted to hang out with people that uh, would have your back and not question that and um, unfortunately that was the majority as opposed to the to the minority um, yeah no I totally feel that I I think it took me until um actually honestly it's still to this day I have like a little bit of that in me where there is a certain hesitancy to you know hang out with you know the other Asians right or the other people who look like me um because it feels like I'm separating myself out from what is quote-unquote you know American mm -hmm. um and and it's so weird like when i was younger for sure it was like a huge driving force you know like wanting to do all of the things that i saw like the kids doing on tv like wanting to be that like all american you know kid doing like soccer and all of that stuff um but yeah it, it it's so weird because looking back on it now it's like that is so detrimental like clearly that has had such a a huge impact on the way that i see how i like function in the world or like clearly in my hesitancy to you know like that that um that gut reaction to be like oh no but like but what if i hang if i'm hanging out with all of these asian people then like what are people gonna think of me and instead of being yeah. like no yeah these are my, you know, like we have the same experiences. Like this is such a really important part of my life to be around people that have those shared experiences. But like, it's, it's, ugh. <laughs> it's weird thinking about and always like- it's, a it's, it's absolutely weird to think about and like to have that question and make me reflect on uh, some of the, the choices that I've probably um, actively put out there because of, uh, who I would uh, make friends with and, and what I would do. But uh, it was also interesting to see that um, the, the drive when you have like a first generation and somebody whose parents are from a different country, they're really enforcing that their kids are 
are pushing and they're working hard and they're excelling. So as a student as well, and the kid, you wanna you wanna like partner up with them for the projects. You wanna partner up with uh, people that are gonna take this 100% seriously. And um, a lot of it is because of like uh, coming from one country to the other, the parents really wanna see that you're succeeding and their goal is to ensure that you have a better life than they ever could. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, yeah. Did you ever find, so like another part of like my weird, like trying to assimilate uh, choices when I was younger um, was like exoticizing myself. I used to do that a lot. Like I would play it up, um, you know, in like certain situations so that people would find me more interesting and that, and therefore would want me to be like in the group. Um, so I would totally, I would talk like a ton about the like Hindu festivals um, you know, I'd be like, I'd do presentations on like India in this way that was like, look at this majestic far off land, like painting it like, you know, like the beginning of like Aladdin or something like that as a way to fit in. Um, but it was just like another, you know, like in doing that to make myself fit in, I was still like making myself stand out in a kind of gross way. Um, I don't know if you had like any experiences like that. I honestly, I, I kind of wish I did that though. I, <laughs> I, um, I, I didn't, I uh, like in my twenties, very much so. In my twenties, I was able to really travel back to Iran, experience the culture, wanting to show, uh, and in twenties you have like a, a lot more freedom. You want to show your friends like different person restaurants and, and you want to talk about the cities that you've traveled to. In, during my childhood, my, my, my youth, my parents owned a, um, uh, I mean, it's here, it's like the equivalent of Pizza Hut. It's called Pizza Pizza. They, they had um, uh, a few of those stores. So obviously I was very popular uh, <laughs> because everybody would just come up to me and ask me like, oh, do you eat pizza every night? That's so cool. You have unlimited access. And then should I like them enough and invite them to come to like uh, experience the whole pizza making process and, and have them um, make a pizza, come behind the counter, make a pizza and, and be part of that. Like that's what I, and, and, and that's totally not something that um, is part of my culture. And that's something that I really think I, I took advantage of. Um, so no, I wish I wish I did though. I wish I really did um, discuss and, and try to uh, have a lot more um, conversations about uh, what it is that actually takes place in our household. Like, cause we didn't have pizza every day. We had Persian food. My mom would make like sure that that's what we had as a staple every night, the different different type of Persian dish. And I wish I could talk about that and, and, and all the different um, spices and saffron because people are amazed by all the different flavors and colorings that go on now when I speak to them. Um, I just assumed they wouldn't be when I was younger. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, Middle Eastern and South Asian uh, flavors and spices are, like, so in vogue right now. Mm -hmm. like, yes. I was just at the farmer's market this morning, um, and this guy had this little tent. It was, like, called the Spice, like, tent. Um, and it was just this very, very, very white man selling all of these, you know, like, all of the hard-to-find spices that, for me, like, I would have to go to, like, the Indian grocery store to get. Yeah, you know? yeah. At, at like a five-time markup, though. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. But I always think that's like, so. I mean, I feel like there's so many discussions about this happening, like, uh, you know, for kids of immigrants who, like, when we were younger, like, we were teased mercilessly about, like, the weirdness of our food. And yet today, like, cut to now, where, like, you know, people are, you know, 
falling over themselves to get to, um, you know, a turmeric latte or something. Oh and my God, yes. Are like obsessed with all of these things <laughs> where my mom is like, yeah, no shit. We've been doing this for like- We've been doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing also. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I totally, totally get that. And um, I had, I, but I just like confession, I did have my first tumor latte a month ago <laughs> when I loved it. <laughs> you liked it? Oh my God. It was amazing. My um, mom. But, uh, my yeah, mom, sorry. like, use apparently, okay, so turmeric has like all these Ayurvedic properties, right? So, like, yes. my mom's like home remedies for like any sickness or cold always. Yes, 100%. So yeah. I, there was one, I think it's for like a sore throat. I would have to like, it was basically a turmeric latte. She'd put like a shit ton of turmeric into yes. hot yeah. and drink it. I hated it. And so yeah. now yeah. people drinking turmeric lattes, it's like PTSD. Yeah, it's like so what, was, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. Sore like what's happening? <laughs> um, it's it's funny and and um, I mean it is like turmeric is such a, a a staple and we put it in our ground beef we put it in um, a lot of our dishes and uh, and just thinking about uh, and I'm sure like your Persian listeners will laugh right now too but uh, I didn't actively bring Persian food to, to my lunches as a kid there's definitely one one dish and I don't know if you've had I'm sure you've had like kebabs but yeah. um, like like uh, kubide is like um, a kebab yeah. sort of uh, on a skewer skewer. And um, delicious at the time, but it is notorious for not um, being used as a leftover because it has, it just, there's the smell to it. Especially if you reheat it, it will consume the cafeteria. It will consume whatever room you have it in. So it's always, it was always so funny to see when there would be a, um, like a newly immigrated Persian kid that would come to the school and they would do that and they would learn very quickly that you oh, don't no. do that. I mean, it's like the equivalent of like bringing fish to your your, yeah. your 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 workplace lunchroom right now and reheating that. No, you don't do it. So then they would go to the pea, pea, peanut butter and jelly sandwich the next day. Um, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. I, I did the, I don't think I ever brought Indian food to school. I would like, I, I ate so much fast food. Like you'll yeah. see family, like home videos of like stuff that we're eating. Like yeah. we have Indian at home but like that my mom would make but then also there would be a lot of videos of me just eating mcdonald's <laughs> and i'm like we were doing like the absolute most to fit in and just like not stand out a lot which is just like it's 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 interesting because it obviously makes sense from like a self-preservation kind of aspect especially like you know deck whatever like a couple decades ago um where the climate was so much different and and not to say that it was I think like saying friendliness towards immigrants is like a complicated thing to say especially now in today's current climate but there was definitely um more I guess hesitancy towards like interacting with like brown folks or these immigrants it was just like who are these people um, and like to succeed, it was like so important to just not stand out and not be that immigrant person. Um, and, and it's so like, I think for me, I always reflect on like the things that my parents did or like, you know, the stuff that we did as a family, the choices that we made, um, you know, in order to 
like you were saying, like help, you know, help my parents help like their kids have a better life and have like a foot forward um, to succeed um, and, and not be like shot down because of their like otherness um, at all. But it's so, it's, it's interesting thinking about like how that has like influenced my life and like the things that I do today. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would also love to ask my parents because I mean, they, they came, they, they moved to Canada right before the, the revolution, probably like a year oh, before really? the revolution in Iran. And I mean, people were still like very much uh, holding Iranians to the highest regard and loving them and just uh, wanting to uh, just consume as much about the culture and, and the philosophy and the history and the art all as much as possible. But I mean, things, things changed in the past decades uh, since. But what I would love to know is uh, during that whole process of, of trying to ensure that we're living our best life and trying to assimilate, like what things really were so foreign to them. And I mean, for, forget about like what, what's foreign to the, the people that live here and brought up here. What was so foreign to them that they had to take a step back and say, like, what's going on right now? Like, do you partake in this? Is this happening? I would love to know that. I honestly, like, I think that if, time travel existed i would just want to go see my parents like you know doing mundane activity like they were in chicago for my dad's residency at one point and i like my mom will tell all these stories about how they would just like go sledding downhills like yeah no and just like had all these weird like snow related activities and i would just love to see like you're like what was that like to just see my parents be like wait like yes. you know yeah whole country with like snow there really isn't that much snow in the city that they're from in india and so like you know like i just that would be interesting for sure or even like the first time that they had like a donut because all these pastries all these foods can be pretty much accessed internationally anywhere now but back yeah. then like i'm talking like 30 40 years ago um things that were here that like canada might be famous for the u.s might be famous for were probably not um, even a, a reality in Iran. And uh, just the first time they had something as simple as that, I, I'd love to know, like, oh my God, this is so sweet. What is this? Or this is absolutely amazing. I need to have a whole dozen of them. I can imagine my mom going through, like, because this is the type of person she is, she'll taste something. And if it's not something she, like, knows, she'll instantly be like, oh, yeah, this is exactly like X that we make in India. I can make it better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> Always. Yeah. Like, that's a constant reaction. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is like non. I can make this better. It's like, yes. Yes, you can, Preetha. I believe in you. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Yeah. We we have a, a pastry here called the Beaver Tail. I don't know if you've yes. heard of it. or. Yes. So it is, it is very much from Ottawa, my hometown. And uh, I mean, just for your listeners, it's basically um, a very thin uh, piece of fried dough with cinnamon sugar on it. It's absolutely amazing, especially if you like sprinkle a little bit of lemon on there. And it's in the shape of like a beaver's tail. And so it's flat and long. And uh, it would be something that we'd have every winter when we go ice skating on the canal in Ottawa. And uh, my mom was just like, yeah, no, you know what? There's no point in getting it. I can make it better at home. So we did the skating and that's really the one thing you look forward to the most. But then we were like, okay, let's go home. No, she couldn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being so mad at her. So upset. Um, we didn't have a deep fryer and none of that yeah. stuff. And, uh, my God. I, lo I, I, lo I love my mom though. I hope she won't listen to this. <laughs> 
Oh my god. I just yeah. so, like going back to Persian New Year. I just like love that how you were describing it. How it's like this like in springtime it's like you're going into, you know, this whole and like kind of pairing it with that like imagery of springtime it, when you're from a very cold part of the world. Um, and it's just like a whole new beginning. It's like all of a sudden there's a life in the world instead of like yeah. tundra. Um I feel like it's such a really cool analogy to like coming out almost not to say that like when you're in the closet it is always a frozen tundra but but there is that kind of like you know when you you've come out to yourself even it's just like it's something so you know so new and so different and there's like an ease at which you're able to to walk around in a certain way and and I love that like that is something that you're focusing on with a lot of your work is not, you know, uh, telling people that they should come out, but rather, you know, giving them the tools and kind of like these resources and imagery and visibility to be like, hey, there's folks out there that, you know, have your back, like, when you do come out, and that coming out is totally on your own terms, but like, yeah, you know, like, we have, you know, there, here is, here's a story of, what coming out could look like and it's not to say that like your story is going to be the same but like you know it, it, it's it's something that we're all you know there's like a solidarity in that and and I think that's something so beautiful and exciting especially since your 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 audience is very much like younger generations who like previously like I didn't have that growing up I was just like what the fuck is coming out like I don't yeah. know yeah do. like what no, I am not this. Like, I am the furthest thing away from this. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think about a lot about the first few times I've, I've come out. Because, I mean, you, it's, it, first and foremost, it's to yourself first, like you said. And I definitely recognize that in all the communications that I try to do. Because you have to come out to yourself first before you're ready to come out to anybody else. But I also remember the first few times that I came out to, like, my mom or my best friend. I never used the word gay. I never said I'm gay. I said I'm dating a guy or I don't like girls. And um, it was it was a process for myself because I didn't. I still struggled to to take that that ownership. And 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 I mean, you don't necessarily need a label, but for myself, that is very much who I am. And reflecting on that, the timing uh, that it took for me to actually be able to openly express that. That's why it's very important for me today, whenever I'm communicating, to, to really identify as a gay man, um, because it is it is who I am, and um, and I'm just so happy to be able to have this platform and try and focus on as much positivity as I as I possibly can. I think you and I, when we last spoke, we talked about just how there is a lot in the media, and there's a lot in history, and there's a lot going on just every day. Um, that isn't necessarily focused on the positive and we understand and we know that coming out can be scary and we know that there can be negative um, consequences and, and there's a lot of things going on but what I want to just put out there is just messages of hope messages of encouragement nothing preachy but just letting you know that these are certain tools that you can access these are certain messagings that you can access and um, also hopefully um, create the same uh, level of support for allies for parents as well I one of the things that I love so much about this book you know in addition to you you know taking this 
this uh, positive aspect of, you know, focusing on the positivity without, um, you know, neglecting the complicated aspects of it. It's like, yeah, you absolutely can be positive about something without, you know, it, that doesn't mean that it's excluding the fact that it may be harder for some, it may be really harder for some, maybe just be like weird and complicated or just lukewarm for other people. Um, I feel like that's such a, a validating thing for so many people to see, like you were saying, like a lot of the images of coming out or of queerness in the media is a very specific image. And so many of us don't fall into that. So to like, you know, read stories like yours or, you know, have access to the resources that you're a part of and you're providing, I think creates a lot of um, reassurance for those folks to be like, oh yeah, like my story isn't exactly like that, but that doesn't make it any less valid or that doesn't make my story or journey or identity any less meaningful, I think is like incredibly important. And I also love that like your main character is like not, like I, I'm, I'm reading it on your website right now, but like you're saying that like your, uh, the story of uh, coming to terms with who we are is universal and it's for that reason we opted not to assign a specific gender pronoun or LGBTQ plus identity to our main character. And I yeah. love that so much because you're just able to put yourself onto the character. That, that um, I mean, the, the story is, is, is based on my narrative. I, I, I definitely won't shy away from that because it's my experience and, um, what what I was able to live, and and what I am living, but uh, I think through through promoting the the messaging and very early on, I had a lot of, of of youth teens reach out to me through Instagram and talk to me about their struggles with their identity, and and the majority of them are trans as well. Uh, and I was still in the process of developing the book, so I realized that um, they're they're really appreciating the the messaging that I'm putting out through my posts, through promoting the book through the videos, I need to make sure that the book um, reflects that as well and allows for anybody to embrace this. Um, I mean, the messaging of the book is just be who you're meant to be, be who you want to be, be who like makes you smile when you look in the mirror and, and, and love whoever you want to. So whether you're or not, you're part of the LGBTQ plus community, it's just like being your true self, being your best self, being your best version of yourself. That's really what matters. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's like, sorry, there's a lot of ambulances outside. People are getting very- St. Patty's Day recovery. Very lit for St. Patty's Day. <laughs> um, I, I just, I think that there's so many books out there that are not trans inclusive and that are not thinking about the trans community and, and the identities that fall under that trans uh, umbrella, you know, like gender non-conforming, um, all of that. and. And I think that it, it's so wonderful to see you just like, you know, embrace that head on because, you know, the trans community is just as part as as important a part of the queer community as any other identity and that that their stories um, and their experiences are going to be, you know, like they're tied into our experiences. And so why, you know, why shouldn't they be a part of this, you know, resource? Absolutely. And coming Absolutely. out coming to terms with your your gender identity, who you are, you know, like it's all shades of kind of a similar experience. And that, I, I think that's so wonderful, especially for the for younger generations, right? Who, uh, where, you know, their gender is so 
you're beaten over the head with, you know, like the, the prevailing notions of what gender is. And, and in the, especially in Western, actually, like, I think in most spaces, right. It's like, you're a boy if you wear blue, you're a girl if you wear pink. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it, you, you're not really given a lot of space to explore yourself out of that and, and to have a book like yours and to have, you know, what you're doing on, on Instagram and just like all that messaging, it's just another resource to be like, fuck that noise, right? Like you can have, you know, like blue doesn't mean boy, <laughs> pink doesn't mean girl. And like, those are just such arbitrary, you know, like what your, your sex is, is not a determination of what your gender is. And it's, it's an entire, you know, world out there that, that you, sh you should have, the ability to explore and embrace and, and figure out who you are in that way and so be celebrated. Yeah. And I mean, there's a movement happening. There's an absolute movement happening and uh, it'd be nice to see that it moves a little bit faster. I mean, having uh, so many babies coming into um, our lives, uh, I'm just at that age right now where it seems like families and friends are now having babies uh, spending the weekend trying to find uh clothes for toddlers as gifts and and still seeing that divide pink is for girls blue is for boys and just trying really hard to say you know what i finally like found this adidas tracksuit that had pink and blue like sort of um tie-dye colors really gorgeous piece i'm like this is what i want to get this is what they're gonna get they can have both of the colors and decide what they want to do with that. Wait, you're like the best uncle. I want, <laughs> I want an Adidas tracksuit. So I, if they had that in an adult size, I would be wearing that right now during her, during her talk. You would be seeing it on me, head count. Um, but uh, there's still that confusion that so many people have about uh, pronouns and the importance of pronouns and the importance of being able to respect somebody's request for for gender identity and um, I think 90% of the time is just educating people about it, why it's important. And, and those 90% of those people will, once you just clearly tell them why it's so important, I mean, nobody is, is, is being harmed by um, referring to somebody as they or uh, them or um, somebody that they might assume is a he as a, and refer to them as a she. There is no harm. How is that harming you? You, all that you are doing is making this person incredibly comfortable and able to um, live the life that they want to live. Um, You're seeing them as they want to be seen. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. So um, it's just a matter of communicating it, educating. And I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a movement that I hope to be a part of and I hope to continue to help uh, inspire or, or just... Um, create awareness for yeah I, I think that the, the more we talk about it I, I mean there's the language is so important when you're talking about identity and um and, and how people identify because at the end of the day all we want as like any human being right all we wanted we want is to be seen as who we are and and language plays such a huge role in that and it's so easy. It's so easy. And it's also such a powerful tool. And I think that people, it, it's hard to, it's hard to do something new. I, I, like, I totally get that. And like, we mm -hmm. hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and at the end of the day, it's still like, it's a very, it's scary. Yeah. It's different. Yes. And it's also very, very easy. And, 
and and like get the fuck out of here with your grammar nonsense about they not being correct it is deal with it and it's so much more important to 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 have somebody be seen as who they are uh, and recognized as who they are than being grammatically correct like yeah yeah and, and i think that that's so because you were saying earlier, like a lot of, um, you know, there's some people who, who are interact with the stuff that you're posting and, and with your book that are parents or educators or people outside of the community and, and having that exposure into, you know, what this language is. And, and from the point of view of a, of a character who is queer, um, I think allows them to have an insight into why this language is important and, and how to use that language um, and how to approach people who, who they may not understand uh, what their gender identity is and just to simply be like, hey, like, what's your pronouns? What are your pronouns? Um, I think that's such a, that's like a huge, uh, a huge part of this movement to, to give people the space to be like, oh, yes, okay, like educating, the more we learn, right? Like the better, the better people we become in, in most respects, I would say. Yeah, I, I mean, the first time that I even came across the, the notion or, or the concept of what your pronoun is when I was asked, I was baffled. I, I just, I didn't understand. And uh, it's a simple 30 second explanation. Never questioned it after that. I totally yeah. got it. Uh, happy to um, address my, my pronoun moving forward since then. And it just made sense. And, and I'm just such a fan of anybody who attaches that to something as simple as their email signature. It's sort yeah. of a nice way of letting you, letting us know that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm an ally as well. I, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I want you to be able to, uh, I want to be able to respect your pronouns or I want you to be able to respect mine, please. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, like you're saying, that's like such an important thing for, for allies because that is a privilege that we have. Um, you know, like cisgender folks, whether you're queer mm -hmm. or not, like we have the privilege of being cisgender and, yes. and what we do with that privilege, we can, you know, like use it in order to like, you know, like it's just as simple as language, like talking about pronouns, make it easier for people to talk about pronouns, less afraid to talk about pronouns. I think that's, that's so important. And yeah, I, I love that a lot. And I totally agree with the email signatures because I, every time I'm emailing with someone and I'm not, they don't have the, their pronouns and the email signature. Um, it's like a very confusing moment where I'm like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> like what's happening here? Yeah. Yeah. But not I that mean, you just, bad, but then you just ask and you just ask, you just yeah. ask. And, and, and should they ask you why you're asking, what does that mean? Even better. Now you, you have the, the power to educate. Absolutely. Um, so what was uh, your coming out experience like uh, it, with your family? Um, you know, like, did it have any influence on kind of your, your pride, your Persian pride, if you will? Um, um, I mean, it was, it was a, a multi-tiered coming out process, uh, as I'm sure so many people tell you. I mean, you, in many ways, never stop coming out, uh, I think. Uh, it's it's a matter of coming up to yourself first and then uh, testing the waters with um, family members or friends that you're comfortable with and then uh, uh, moving forward to those that are a little less comfortable and, and seeing how that goes. But with myself, um, it was, uh, I mean, I've, I've come from a very close-knit family and um, just, I think, 
when I eventually was able to just uh, acknowledge that I am gay and I want to embrace this lifestyle. This is who I am. This is this. I'm not going to be marrying a woman. I am not going to be living the, that um, that sort of narrative or or story that yeah that story that my parents had believed that I would be uh, living. I uh, I told my mom. She just realized that something was off. I think it was just a few weeks of. of uh, he's not right. There's something that he has on, and moms, a lot of people say moms always know when you're, when their child's gay. I don't necessarily believe that, but moms know when something's off. Moms, moms know when something's wrong. So she knew. And, uh, I just, I, I, I told her. And, um, I think I, I remember saying this, uh, repeating this on, on my wedding vows, uh, acknowledging her that, uh, that right there. And then she said, live your life yourself, be as selfish as you want to be because it's your life and just be happy. That's all that you need to be. And uh, don't worry about what anybody else says. And a lot of that was uh, in reference to um, distant family in Iran who mm. uh, unfortunately have no uh, understanding of what a gay reality is or even a gay person, gay community, none of that gay representation and um, don't necessarily fault them for that. Um, whereas in Canada and the US, I mean, it's very much uh, a part of our day to day. If, uh, if well, a if we allow it to be, and b if we're watching anything, right? Yeah. Um, so then, uh, it's just once that happened, I just I think I remember just walking out onto the street and feeling like a million dollars, telling my mom, and feeling like um, you know this huge weight had been lifted, and. Um, then the, it was just a matter of then telling the next family member, the next family member. I remember my brother just uh, <laughs> going to visit him and wanting to tell him. And uh, it was a night of just putting on horrible movies and me just saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to tell him after this movie. I'm going to tell him after this movie. And the poor guy, I must have kept him up to like 3 a.m. And um, <laughs> I think he also knew something was up. So finally, I just told him and his response was so anticlimactic. It was just like, so... And he's my, he's my baby brother, but he's in many ways like my bigger brother. And um, that was his reaction. And having to suffer through these like horrible, like four or five movies that were just like these B-rated poor comedies. And <laughs> to have that reaction, that's like, oh, okay. Okay, I could have done this a lot earlier. He was amazing, amazing. And then um, I think for myself, just having a very like Persian, stern father, uh, thinking that like, you know, uh, he, he needs like a straight son, sports playing, all the um, characteristics that uh, I'm not. <laughs> and um, uh, I, it, of all places that I came out to him, it was, it was actually probably a few years later. And um, we were in Disneyland and uh, in, in Florida, and I was in front of the uh, Cinderella's Castle. So quite literally one of the gayest places in the <laughs> world. And... Um, uh just telling him that no i'm I'm not gonna marry a woman that's not uh that's not of any interest to me and he got it he got it i don't think he digested it as well um which i didn't expect but i mean i did expect for me but uh it just it felt good to then finally you know have that final piece out there and um being able to no, no longer have to lie about uh who you are yeah oh that's that's awesome. I, I totally, I'm an only child, so I did not have to tell any brothers, um, but I'm yeah. very, very close to my cousin um, on my mom's side, who is, it's for all intents and purposes, he's my big brother. Um, but 
he was like the cool he's he's always been the coolest about it um and but you're so right it's like coming out is this continual process like yeah yeah then you come out to your family and then it's like you come out to your uber driver you come out to like oh my god the sandwich maker you're like I was at the, so my favorite thing to do in the world is go to the farmer's markets because I like yeah. to live in a Nancy Myers movie as often as possible. <laughs> um, but there's this one stand uh, at one of the farmer's markets I go to that does like all baked goods. So they, they're known for these like insane cinnamon rolls. So they'll do like walnut bacon cinnamon roll or like a normal cinnamon roll or like walnut bacon cheddar and just like all of these crazy flavors but super super delicious and I was talking to the woman who was giving out the samples um we were just chatting and it got to this point where like I like had to come out to her in this like weird way like it was just so awkward where I was just like oh yes I'm queer and it was this like weird awkward moment um and I, I feel like for me like coming out in that way it like never ceases to be awkward and just it so, never ceases to be awkward so exhausting no. it's just like why <laughs> why but i i also wonder like do we i make it awkward do we make it awkward because then i my, my husband is just, he he's very just open about it and he'll just say, yeah, this is my husband, or randomly mention me in a conversation and just be able to be really confident about it. And uh, whereas me, I'm, I, I, I say it and then I, I gauge for a reaction. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I just got to stop doing that. I think I just got to like put it out there and uh, plow through. You know what? Uh, I'm not even going to give you time to react. Because yeah. what difference does it make if you don't, uh, um, if you don't appreciate that, then I don't want to, I don't, really want to be in in your uh peripheral (laughs) so yeah yeah, i i absolutely agree yeah we should be i i i also think that i make things awkward just by like being awkward an awkward person yeah but yeah, yeah why not just like approach it with confidence and like not sit there gauging a person's reaction no no move on to the next conversation or should they should they opt to encourage uh a little bit more about that sure great i'm all open for it but yeah wow this is like a game changer for me honestly yeah let's (laughs) let's 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 challenge each other let's challenge each other to do that let's yeah next week when you're at the farmer's market and i'll do it uh when i'm at a bookstore or a coffee shop for sure the best thing about this woman who sells the cinnamon rolls is like in that same conversation, she she also disclosed to me that she speaks to aliens. Oh, um, okay. Okay, great. Just, like, apropos of absolutely nothing. She was like, oh, you goodness. know I speak to aliens. And I was like, wait, what? Excuse me? You know what? If, if that's what makes your bread so good, then Honestly, if they have yeah. the secret ingredient. It's the aliens. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> And so now I absolutely love her just because of that fact. Oh my God, I love that. I love that that you coming out made her think of that, but sure. Yeah, it's the same thing, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to go on record Well, I mean, but in in all honesty, I mean, we do grow up feeling so alienated. We do grow up feeling so, like, aliens. We, um, 
so I mean, I escaped in in a lot of uh, a lot of like sci-fi stuff and comic books because because oh, of that. I mean, yeah. you 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 relate to the outcasts. You relate to things that are just yeah. Not, I was really um, going to ask you about like because something that has always been so important to me because uh, I am also a very huge nerd, um, but is representation in the media and and how that impacts you know the identity formation of marginalized groups. So like. Uh, obviously, I, I'm very, very interested in like how it's impacting like queer folks, um, how queer representation impacts queer folks. Um, and so I know for me, seeing queer storylines were so helpful in uh, giving me the vocabulary to start oh to explore God, yeah. who I yeah. was. And I, I mean, I was totally going to ask you, like for you, what, what were those pieces of media that like, you know, helped you? or you know kind of like supported you in your journey of coming out um or coming to terms with your identity i mean i think uh uh as a gay youth gay man i was as a gay youth i was definitely very um attached to strong female characters uh buffy uh even earlier than that like catwoman from batman returns those yeah. those are things that really just piqued my interest I loved that um their confidence their ability to just uh be who they want to be and and not give a shit about anybody's rea um, reaction to that but unfortunately I really didn't have any any queer representation uh in my childhood or even up to my 20s it wasn't really until I mean we had like Will and Grace and we had Sex in the City where you would you would but I mean they're their storylines didn't really relate to, to, to me at the time. Uh, the, but for me, uh, one of the memories that I have is sort of like the first season of Glee. And I think I was probably 24, 26 when that came out. Um, and there's an episode where Kurt, it's very early on, and he comes out to his, his father. And his father yeah. is very much like, um, I guess, say like, uh, just like you're, 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 I guess bros or, or man's man or like a, a mechanic. I think he was a mechanic. I, I can't really remember. Uh, but uh, seeing him come out and the reaction. And meanwhile, my dad was visiting me during that week. And in the corner of my eye, I'm not paying attention to the show at all. I am trying to see what his reaction to this whole scene is. And this is probably like um, uh, seven years before I came out to him. Uh, well, no. Sorry, no, not really. <laughs> Three years. Time, time is uh, once once you pass thirty, time doesn't really. What is uh, time? Yeah. yeah, what is time? Um, so just trying to gauge that, and I think that's just a, a memory that I I'm, I'm very thankful for. I mean, he didn't he didn't study, didn't make a comment. I was waiting. I would have been terrified if he made a comment, but I was just waiting to see what his reaction would have been. Uh, it was nothing, which was neither good nor bad, but. Um, I was so thankful for that. So thankful for that representation. And it's so, so great to see um, how that's continued since then. And how uh, hopefully that's helping uh, younger generations and, and um, youths just not only through uh, gay representation, but just a whole gamut of, of diversity. Yeah, I, I, I remember um, it wasn't until uh, like my senior year of college that I first saw um, a character on TV that was like me. Um, it was, yeah. I don't know, watch The Good Wife, um, which is like my favorite show. <laughs> but yeah. um, 
there's uh, one of the investigators on the show, her name is Kalinda Sharma, um, and she's this bisexual uh, Indian British uh, woman who is the epitome of a badass. And the entire show, like her identity was so incidental to anything that her character did. Yes. Yeah. To- issue but not a non-issue in that it was ignored it it was acknowledged and and celebrated in ways um but it wasn't tokenized and it it wasn't like like a hallmark you know after school special learning experience um and and i remember seeing that and i was like it was so cool to see that and and to have it be uh embodied by a character who is not only oh fucking badass but also such like an important um an integral you know part of that story an integral part of like the main character's lives and and it was one of those moments where it was just like oh like that i I can why can't i be that like why can't i be you know like a badass uh or you know why do i have to be afraid or ashamed of like my queerness or my indianness or whatever like clearly like you know on this show whether you know despite it being fictional like she's being embraced and and that was that was such an important moment for me because you know like there could have been all the queer representation in the world but you know until it was queer representation that kind of married uh my ethnic identity or an ethnic identity that was very similar to mine um it it didn't have as you know profound of an effect um and i always like to say that it's like when you're looking at representation um that visibility is so important because it's allowing you know aspects of your identity to be seen and in that sense you know those identities are being valid it's like those stories as shitty as it sounds are are now valid enough to be told mass media and 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 that has the effect on the audience of being like, yeah, you are, so, you are so worthy, you are so valid, um, and but it is you know like that intersection of like the ethnic identity and the and the sexual orientation. It's like very few and far between, if at you're, all. You're you're right. You're so right. And I wish I had that. I I absolutely even even after I came out because I mean again you're still you're still trying to come to terms with a lot of stuff and how you proceed with, with certain situations. So even today, I can't really think of, of anything where I see um, stories about a, a Middle Eastern uh, character coming out um, in, in an uncomfortable so Middle Eastern situation and how that's handled. Um, uh, I'm sure that that is hopefully something that will come to us soon but uh yeah. as of now i just i can't and it would have been incredibly helpful to me um one movie that this movie was actually like hugely um influ- two of them actually um that were like really really influential on me when i was like at, at the beginning of college was when i was really kind of going through the the process of coming out to myself um and and i saw this movie called circumstance uh by, yes gorgeous yeah Miriam Keshavars yeah so yes. I saw I was at Sundance that year and I saw it oh and I got afterwards and I was like a blubbering mess I was like you don't understand how much this like means to me um but it was one of those things where it was just like I had gotten to this point where this movie was so so analogous to my own experiences and like my own family's culture yet like my family isn't Iranian at all um yeah 
and and I had this weird moment where I was like, oh, but I'm Indian. I can't relate to this is not my story. And it was this weird divide. Um, and, and, and that's something that, you know, today I think is such a, it's an arbitrary distinction because we all have, I think like in the continent of Asia, despite our very, like our yeah. vast differences, there are so many shared experiences. Like for me being South Asian, I, my, my culture and my experiences are, are much more um, similar to, you know, Central and Middle Eastern cultures, right? Um, as opposed to Eastern Asian cultures. Um, and, and I think celebrating that, celebrating that and not being afraid of it and being like, yeah, like we, we all have these shared experiences for all, you know, like at the end of the day, we're all eating rice and, and eating some of the same spices, right? Um, it, it's something that has been incredibly validating um, as I've grown older. And, and I, I, don't, I wonder if you've, you've had similar experiences where you've kind of found yourself in a, in a weird kind of relationship with, you know, other Asian um, or uh, cultures in the continent of Asia. Oh, that's a great, great question. I mean, um, in terms of, I think, I mean, I've, I've definitely, uh, definitely had, um, I mean, friends who, who were Pakistani, who were gay, who are gay. And uh, I mean, I can't really think of, um, fortunately, a close-knit uh, situation with any Iranians or other Asian cultures, but just going back to, to the to the film circumstance i mean there's there's some very distinct persian elements to that i mean you have it's a very accurate de de depiction i mean it's a story about two two um young young women who uh are are lesbian and they have a relationship together but one is sort of um being courted off to to an, another man so you have this this breakdown of this this love that's forbidden you have the morality police as well that's a very accurate accurate de depiction of the morality police in iran and how they deal with it but what's really relatable to everybody is the fact that these parents are um aware of something that is happening that they don't agree with these parents uh, especially the, the one girl um have uh, a set path for her uh for her to marry this other man and i mean this is something that we can all relate to um, especially within the Asian cultures, um, our parents want uh, to set aside something for us that they believe is best. They want to set a path for us that they believe is best, that they believe will bring us happiness. But in reality is we know what will make us happy and that's us being yeah. ourselves. And um, I think that's where this, the story is so heartbreaking. That's yeah. 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 But I, I like how you mentioned, um, you, you know, like that's something that's so universal, like the parents' expectations of kids is like mm -hmm. kind of a universal concept in Asian cultures. Um, and, that, and that's so true. Like I find that some of the difficulties that I have, uh, you know, um, relating to my, my Western friends, um, is is in the fact that like my family is you know like asian cultures are family based it's not individualistic it's yes you have oh my god yes. shame of like oh. bringing yes. you know like your your right? actions today are basically going to reflect on your aunt or your third your third aunt yeah. and and something as simple as that it's just, 
which I'm sure would just baffle some of your friends. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that it, it's such a, that's something that, I mean, again, like for me, like as I was growing up, like I, I was having such a hard time figuring out like where I, I, I stood, like who are my people? Um, yeah. Representation totally. I mean, like watching somebody like Kalinda Sharma, like definitely helped be like, oh, like there's a space for me in Western society because that show takes place in Chicago. Um, but then, you know, like she was also much older than me, like, you know, working in a professional environment. And, and I was just like, you know, finishing up my last year of undergrad. Um, and and I was still trying to figure out, like, who are my people? Who can I relate to as, like, I go into this weird phase of my early 20s that are, like, baby adult, right? Um, and I always... <laughs> And it, it was so weird because like you, you didn't see that representation and, and as beautiful as circumstance is, it's, it's ultimately still about two girls in Iran. Like, and that's yeah. an experience that's very dissimilar to growing up in Canada or growing up in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. And, but you know, like wh when I started kind of breaking down those, um, you know, those preconceived notions of like India, the Middle East, <laughs> you know, Eastern Asia and started kind of like tapping into that like oh yeah like my Korean friends totally know what it's like to like feel the weight of you know the family pressure on them um or you know like my uh Iranian friends are gonna know you know that that <laughs> that pressure to be like number one in the class or you know what it's like to have the weird smelling food in um oh, yeah yeah <laughs> and that that helps so much to like find that that space it's still hard to find it but it, it helps so much to be able to relate to the other you know like asian american kids because we have or asian north american kids uh to be inclusive of canada um uh, to have you know like we all have this you know overarching like similar experience in the west uh, and within that, we can celebrate our differences, but to come together with the shared experiences, yeah, you know, it, that solidarity is just so empowering in a lot of ways. Yeah, and as we get older, uh, we, we have the ability to laugh at that. We have the ability to embrace it. And uh, I mean, ultimately, all these experiences make us who we are today. Yeah. And uh, a big part of that is as you grow, you your confidence and your your lived journeys really um, allow you to care less. You're just, you are trying to put the best representation of yourself out there and you want to be around people that do that too. So uh, we care less, we care less and we, uh, I mean, I'm very proud of my culture. I'm proud of my religion. I, um, I, uh, I mean, it's, it's very much who a part of who I am, but it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's when I think of it, it's something that makes me happy. That's what I want to focus on. I don't need to focus on all the extremities that are happening around the world that people might uh, choose to uh, uh, bring the negatives out. Uh, no, that's, that's, that's not what gets me smiling in the day. And that's like the core of like, let me out, right? Like just, yeah. if you're, if you're focused, it's a long ass journey to get to the point where you're able mm -hmm. to truly focus on yourself. But if that, if that little bit is in your mind, like in the corner of your mind, like, let me just like focus on myself. Let me be selfish for me. Um, that, that helps so much because you are able to, 
like you're saying, like embrace your who you are on all aspects, your culture, your religion, like your your orient your sexual orientation, your gender identity. And and that I think that allows us that visibility with folks who are like that, like yourself. Um, it just brings a lot more that's an important representation in and of itself. I think it, it, it kind of shows us that are younger, right? Like there are successful queer, like you brown Asians out there, like doing their thing. They're, they're killing it. They're killing yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, just honestly, like, uh, I mean, not not even within like the the, the Asian spectrum, but like even like somebody like Lena, Lena Waithe, I hope I didn't yeah. butcher her name, but uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, who, who would have thought that somebody like her would have been so admired and, and acknowledged and just, um, I just, I'm, I'm just, oh, wow. Whenever I see anything that she says or does. And um, it's just, we're, we're in this amazing time where we're understanding that voices need to be heard and uh, they are really like quality things are coming from these voices. And it's just, yeah. it's a powerful movement that I'm so excited to see that um, that will continue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going back to, uh, you were talking about Middle Eastern stories of queerness. Um, another one I was going to recommend for you, I don't know if you're familiar with her, but uh, she is another Iranian um, woman, bisexual, she grew up in like uh, New York, I think. Um, her name's Desiree Akban. She did this movie called Appropriate Behavior, which I fucking loved. Um, no, I've never seen this. Okay, so it, also a very timely movie to recommend because it takes place during Persian New Year and it's all about how she's going through a breakup with her girlfriend and simultaneously trying to come out to her family. Oh my God, um, oh, that sounds that sounds just okay. That's, <laughs> I, I, like, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm hooked. I'm hooked. It is. It, it's done. What I love so much about it is it's it's in that girl's kind of tone, yeah, uh, of kind of comedy. But it truly does not treat the coming out as um, a tragic. It's just a thing that happens, and and I love that it, it has like this overall like positive kind of um, you know air to it and it is so fun she's a wonderful lead um who truly is that like it she is like an American you know like that first generation Americanized um oh, I know, love it um, yeah it's, I it's great I am going to definitely watch it and let you know when I think of it thank you yeah. I'm excited <laughs> it's it's one of my favorite things she also recently did a series for Hulu called the bisexual which is basically a continuation of appropriate behavior but placed in London um, amazing yeah it, it's it's really great and it's it's one of those wonderful stories that are you know like one of those wonderful and very far you know like between stories that have such a marriage between an ethnic and uh, ethnic identity as like a third culture kid who's also queer and it's all just like a, a part of who she is and it's celebrated as such and it, it, it is and it's great and i love it a lot <laughs> so i would yeah I, we, we need the, no we need these stories and and yeah. through that she's able to share a little bit about persian culture as well well uh, not only through her family reaction but then i'm sure like you see like the gorgeous half seat that the New Year's, uh, the Noah Ruse does, and some of the smaller things. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't wait. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, well, Omid, this was amazing. Um, I'm, s oh, 
you're getting a call. I'm so sorry to take up all of your yeah, time. Yeah, no, no, no. No, oh my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so popular. <laughs> um, so sorry. No, 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 you're fine. Um, thank you so much for doing this. I had such a blast talking to you. Um, but I do have one more question for you. Uh, yeah. Which I give you a primer on because I have been given, I've gotten a lot of shit for not prepping people to answer this question <laughs> <laughs> because there's so many options. Um, but uh, last question, very hard one. Uh, who would be your Bayesian of the week? So any, any Asian who you're... Yeah, really I, um, I mean, I think it's, it's based on the, the Out Magazine cover that came out, it was either November or December, and it was all about the um, sort of the, the Asian Hollywood, I don't want to call it a takeover, but really like the, the, the injection or the acceptance or the, um, the representation, which is so, so fantastic. I was so excited when I saw this cover. And uh, it was Vince Rodriguez from um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend that was yeah. on there. And I did not know that he, he's gay and he's married. Um, I didn't either. Like he's, I didn't. I, and um, I just thought that was such a, a bold step for him. Uh, I know that his like series is coming to an end. So for him to, to embrace this, and I'm sure he's always openly been gay because he's married to um, a man for what seems like a, a few years. And um, just so enamored by that show, the messaging that they're putting on, and then just the the casting, and then for him to be part of that just meant so much. It was amazing. And I'm just so excited to see what he does next. Just following him, watching him, what he, do, what he does is just so positive, so happy, and um, just hopefully uh, being able to carry through that, that advocacy uh, for both Asians and um, the LGBTQ plus community. I love Vinny so much. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> he's, yeah. I I also didn't know that he was gay until like very recently. And, and yeah. when I, yeah, and just like you were saying, like just seeing how open and how positive and just like how truly himself he is being. Yeah. Like it, it's such a it's a breath of fresh air, truly, to just be like, yeah. This is awesome. And like 100% we're probably going to see him like as an action star very soon. And I, I hope just, so. I, I hope so. Him. Yeah. 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 Um, well, Omid, um, again, thank you so much uh, for doing this. And I'm thank you. So, so excited to, you know, to know you and, and get to work on all of, you know, the cool stuff that we were talking about uh, coming up. Um, but uh the last thing, last, last thing, um, where can people find you and, and follow the progress of the Let Me Out book and all of the work? Oh, thank you. Doing? Yeah. So the book is in print right now and it's uh, scheduled to uh, be released uh, late April. Uh, you can currently pre-order it on uh, online at comingoutlgbt.com. Uh, and um, you can learn a little bit about, about me on that site, as well as just resources for coming out, parents, allies, and uh, just on social. So you find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, just at Let Me Out Book. Um, I tend to post a lot on Instagram and just have fun with that. Yeah. Yay, amazing. Well, um, I will put all of your links uh, in the show notes. Oh, thank you. And of course, tagging on everything. Um, oh, but man. everybody, please go gently stalk uh, Omid and <laughs> let me help. It's really beautiful and, and really wonderful. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for doing this again. Thank you, Maya. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Happy St. Patty's Day. Enjoy the rest oh, of the day. Yeah. 
Happy St. Patty's Day. Happy Happy Persian New Year coming up. Is yes. <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. Happy New Year. Yes. Mubarak. So, as Omid said, you can follow him and all of the amazing stuff that he's doing with Let Me Out Book on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Let Me Out Book. Um, and as always, you can find us at the Gaijin Podcast on Instagram at the Gaijin Project and on Twitter at Gaijin Project. And then you can always hashtag along and join the conversation with hashtag the Gaijin Podcast. Uh, we also have a Facebook group podcast that you can join and talk about, you know, guests that you want to see on the episode, on the, on future episodes, uh, different topics you want to explore if you want to be on the podcast, um, or, you know, just about how I say like 500 too many times each episode. Uh, you can find that group, uh, off of our Facebook page, uh, which is just the Gaijin Project on Facebook. Um, well, now Rose Mubarak to everyone, and I will catch you on the next episode of the Gaijin Podcast. Bye!